Restoration Counseling Podcast. It's not for therapists, it's for everybody. I'm your host, professional counselor, Jared Pogue. Not everybody needs counseling, but certainly everybody needs a little help every now and again. Well, uh, thank you for joining me for uh, day three uh, of this podcast series on um, helping our children in their struggles with mental health. Uh, I really appreciate you sort of tuning in. If you've been able to catch the previous two episodes, the first episode being on depression, the second episode being on anxiety, uh, I really appreciate that. If not, don't worry. These episodes can be listened to separately. Uh, I would say that there is some decent overlap, as you're going to be hearing about, I think, on this episode. And uh, I really encourage you to listen to those episodes if you get some time, but you don't have to. You can listen to this one as is. Uh, This is, again, aimed for parents out there who are uh, finding uh, that their child is struggling with a... uh, with some type of mental health concern or parents that are just interested in uh, how to handle their child's mental health concern because it will come up eventually if it hasn't already. Uh, So whether you have toddlers or teens, expect for something to come up. Um, so thank you for listening. And again, if you don't have kids, I think this is still good. You'll find that a lot of these basic principles uh, still matter uh, and they still connect, though definitely today's episode is going to be much, much more uh, uh, steered towards parents as I, I don't know of our particular uh, social relationships that might quite come into this. So today I'm going to be talking about the very broad category of bad behavior Um, There's a lot of terms that we can throw at clinically at this if you're really, really interested. Uh, Oppositional defiant disorder is one that's thrown around a lot. ODD, odd, which I always thought is kind of funny. Um, I'm not interested in hitting this from so much of a uh, um, diagnostic perspective. Uh, That is a very real diagnosis. I'm not throwing um, ODD under the bus here or anything like that, but I am sort of taking a zero in on things that may be could be classified as ODD, but more so we're just calling bad behavior. Um, This happens, uh, again, with toddlers and teens and everything in between. And so I'm going to give something that I hope will be most effective when uh, they're younger, but can still be effective as they're older. There's a lot of nuance to this. I don't want to sit here and pretend that I have uh, a one-size-fits-all formula. Do not hear a formula from this. Do not hear a formula from this. Please, please do not hear a formula from this. This is sort of cultivating a starting ground. Uh, And so it's one of those things that I I like this setup. I like this perspective. That's why I'm offering you these three points today. But these three points are not a magic bullet. Nothing in life really is a magic bullet. So... As you're hearing this, considering your own parent techniques, how you've been doing things, what your goal is for your child here, I imagine most of you just want the bad behavior to stop. I imagine most of you want your child to make better decisions. This, what I'm about to offer, doesn't necessarily change their decisions. Just throwing that out there. At the end of the day, as you heard a lot in our uh, episode about uh, a depression and anxiety, Your child is first and foremost a person. They're gonna make their own decisions and um, no uh, exact parenting technique will necessarily make that uh, any less, uh, won't steal their humanity 
as it were. You can't brainwash your kids, unfortunately. So I want to start with sort of uh, something you can give your child. The first thing I think you can give your child is clear boundaries. Whether they're toddlers or teens, they need to know explicitly what is right and wrong. This means that it is stated very clearly and it needs to be stated uh, over and over where necessary. Uh, but these need to be things that they can't, can and cannot do. Uh, and there doesn't need to be any more room for gray than there absolutely has to be. If something happens in a gray category, that comes up for much more discussion and you probably want to be a little bit uh, more lenient if it's something that is actually gray. Clear boundaries is essentially the idea that here's what they can do, here's what they can't do. For toddlers, it's a little easier uh, because we can kind of move them away. Um, we can tell them no and move them. With teens, it's a lot harder. They're not necessarily going to listen to you. You know this already. I don't need to tell you that. But clear boundaries needs to be here's what I don't expect in my house. Here's what happens if I find X, Y, or Z. Um, whatever that uh, may be, and we can plug in a number of things for that. These are known very, very clearly. If I find a vape pen in my house, uh, you lose your phone for two weeks. Bam, crystal clear. That way, when consequences are given, they're not given out of harsh emotion and anger, because that's, that's not gonna do anything here. Clear boundaries, state the rules, they make them clear. They're not up for discussion if they're black and white. If they're gray, different story. There probably needs to be room for that. Uh, this follows very quickly on the uh, tales of number two, give consistent consequences. If it's stated in black and white, and if it is broken, you have to stay consistent with your consequences. I can't decide to take away a phone for an extra two weeks because I'm having a bad day. I said it would be two weeks if you get caught with a vape pen in the house. I'm going to stick with that, even if I am angry. You're allowed to be angry. Don't hear me saying you can't be angry. But consequences is not an area that needs to be done out of anger. Because then you're just teaching your child that you're angry and that you get to make up the rules yourself instead of helping the child see what's right and wrong. Obviously, when bigger boundaries are broken, consequences need to be higher. Uh, I don't think I need to talk too much on that. But they don't need to be something that's thought of spur the moment. They don't need to be something that is um, uh, absurdly uh, out of whack here. I, I, it's up to you whether or not you decide to raise the consequences. If you do, you need to make that very, very clear. The first time you're caught with XYZ, it's one week without your phone. The next time, it's two weeks. The next time, it's three weeks. That's okay if it is presented at the beginning and you follow through with it. I think that's all right. I think that's noteworthy here. I'd say either way, you need to be consistent. If it's going to increase by a week each time, you raise it a week each time. If it's going to stay exactly the same, then it stays exactly the same. Uh, without that sort of clear boundary word of warning, changing the penalty is only going to make things worse when it comes to bad behavior. Uh, and finally, the one that I think I, I enjoy the most that's uh, much easier when they're younger than when they're older, give positive reinforcement as well. It's easy when you have a kid that is uh, mouthy and uh, not talking to you to only emphasize their faults and their struggles and their uh, the bad behavior as it were. But when you see something that's positive, make note of it. 
uh, let your child know that you see them doing something good and that there's good in them, that they are not just a pile of bad behavior and rebellion and defiance. There's also a person underneath there, and hopefully a, a person that is uh, having some good and some worth and some value, they need to know that. Um, even if you have a bad relationship, even if they hate you, I would really, really encourage you to step forward and speak up and note that. You don't have to turn it into a big thing, but I will say you do need to do it. You do need to do it frequently. You do need to do it consistently. Doesn't mean your kid will stop the bad behavior, but it will definitely let them know that they're appreciated and, and loved, and hopefully that's the one of the biggest springboards for them to consider alternatives to uh, oppositional behavior. I think that's the hardest of all of these three. Um, the other two obviously are a little bit more about um, following up on your word and letting them know. Um, this one is intentionally looking for opportunities to note something good they did without um, blowing it out of proportion, just throwing something really, really quick and simple in there. And as you see more of those, giving yourself opportunities to give rewards. Um, if a child is given everything they want without having to do anything positive, then rewards aren't going to be very meaningful. Throwing that out there. An earned reward does something for a child. Uh, I could add on to these all day. There's a lot more I could go into. Um, bad behavior, or if you want to call this oppositional behavior, runs rampant, um, particularly in the area, uh, the place that I work, the uh, surrounding city, is uh, filled with this in some way, shape, or form, and there's huge sociological issues that are connected to this. Um, I would say this uh, subculture issues, maybe is another way to say that. Um, and uh, boy, I, I, it's not that I'd want to do a podcast episode on that as much as I'd want to write a book on that. Um, I, I'm very, very passionate about the when we give a, a child too many breaks and let them know that they can get away with everything, then their pride goes through the roof and nothing can stop them. And that can be a way that a, um, unfortunately, a, a very selfish human being can be made, socially speaking. This is not a parenting thing so much, uh, though that certainly comes into play here. Um, yep, yeah, I don't want to get into that topic too much. Otherwise, I will uh, make this probably an hour-long podcast. So um, I hope you enjoyed this. The next, uh, the next uh, one coming up is going to be on grief and loss. You're going to find a dramatically different tone for uh, the, the following two. Uh, grief and loss is going to be combined into it to one, of course. Uh, if you have a child who has dealt with some sort of notable grief or loss, this is a great place to go. Um, so I'm looking forward to talking with you. And uh, have a great day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Restoration Counseling Podcast. The Restoration Counseling Podcast is a product of Restoration Counseling of Atlanta, a provider of professional counseling services in the greater metro Atlanta area. If you are interested in pursuing any of our services, if you would like to contact Jared about the podcast, or if you have a notable mental health story that you'd like to share to help inspire others, uh, please reach out to us at info at restorationcounselingatl.com. Again, that is info at restorationcounselingatl.com. Thank you.